Well, hello and welcome to I Heard It On A Podcast, our little corner of the Wild West. My name, if you don't know, is Isaiah. And my name is Riley. Isaiah, something weird happened to me over the weekend. Well, it didn't really happen to me. I just observed it. But I want to tell you about it because I feel like someone else should have experienced this. Um, I'm ready to experience it with you. Great. That's all I ask. I was on a run and I was on the National Mall, you know, where all the Smithsonian museums are and in between the Capitol and the Lincoln Memorial and the Washington Monument and all those things. Yes. And frequently on the National Mall, there are gatherings, public forums, um, people doing different things. And recently there have been a lot of like evangelists, I guess you could call them, who gather and have a very strong opinion in one direction or another. And this was on Halloween night, by the way. This was like maybe 7 or 8 p.m. on Halloween night. And so I was running by the, the... this group of maybe 50 people who were standing around listening to this guy on a very big stage with a very professional looking background talking and basically giving a sermon. Okay. But he was, it, it was very boring sounding. I listened to part of it and I wasn't really <laughs> inspired in one way or another, but they were all just kind of dispassionately standing around listening to this guy on Halloween night. I was like, okay, whatever you do, you. And then I kept running and about, a hundred yards by them was a group of a bunch of people in black, just wearing black and holding glow sticks and wearing glow sticks. And they were playing, they had a, like a sound system in the middle of them and they were dancing to rave music and they were having like a glow stick (laughs) rave at night in the middle of the national mall, right next to this evangelist or whatever you want to call him. Oh man. And, I just thought it was a great juxtaposition and I wish I could have taken a a good picture or a just a small video of that moment of really just what America is about and the capital in the background and it was just a nice moment. I I think it was extra weird because it was happening on Halloween but there was yeah, no so one really of these around. Yeah, had anything else to do besides either go to a park rave, which to be fair sounds pretty legit. I would probably go. <laughs> yeah. And or, you know, go listen to someone I wonder if it was like, do you think it was an official thing? Well, or did he just like set stuff up and people showed up to listen to him? The, the, preacher. oh, the, 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 the guy? Yeah. I mean, you have to like get the word out somehow. And he, you have to get a permit, I think, probably to, he had a stage and he had lighting and he had a sound system oh, and so everything. So it probably was, yeah, probably was official. Yeah. But the rave probably wasn't. I don't know. You got to, there was at least 40 people there and you got to coordinate it somehow and say, hey, Bring your dark clothes and your glow sticks. Yeah. So I would go to one of those. Maybe we should throw one of those and see if anyone wants to come to our park rave. Let us know. Our I heard mm-hmm. it on a podcast park rave. You could do it. You It'd that's one popular. of the uh, that's one of the activities you could do properly social distanced because you can do it in a park. Yeah. You don't need to be 100%. near anyone to like rave dance. And then you, you could just, even do it like silent disco style. Yeah. You know, like everybody gets headphones and it's just synced up and. So then you're not even bugging people in the park. You're just like, you look weird and crazy, but... That's kind of the point. Yeah, it'd be great. I Have you like ever done idea. one of those silent discos? No, but I want to. It's on my bucket list. We have like 40 silent disco headsets at work. Really? Um, 
Yeah, and they've used them. I think they've used them like maybe six times or something like that. But they're like pretty legit. You can set them to like four different channels and there's like different music on each channel. So technically you could have like a group of people listening to whatever music they want to listen to dancing together. But the cool thing is when you like change the channel, there's LED lights on the ear pieces. So they mm. like will glow a different color so that people can see which channel you're on, like just from a distance. That's cool. So you can like get together with all the like red channel people and like dance whatever songs on the red channel. Or you can all just like, oh, we're all going to go to green channel. We're all just going to like mosh in the middle. So I'm like, yeah, that's a, that's a pretty cool idea. I think some of the discos are pretty legit. Yeah, I would, I would definitely be into that. And it's kind of cool that you can see who's like on your channel and you're like, oh yeah, yeah. we're vibing. He's feeling this. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's kind of cool. I so, like that. We should we should throw a nighttime glow stick silent disco park rave. <laughs> okay. It'll be great. Yeah, let's do if it. If you'd like to be a part of this, email us. <laughs> yeah. And we'll get you an invite. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think we could probably make that happen. Oh, man. Okay. Well, let's get into our show tonight. Um, I just thought of another piece of Apple-related news, which we talk about Apple, or we have so far talked about Apple a lot on the show. Yeah. And we promise we're not like Apple cultists. There's just a lot of well, interesting stuff happening in Apple right now. Yeah. So were you gonna say we are Apple cultists? Well, if one of us is, it's you. That's fair. I accept it. Um <laughs> so the first piece of Apple news I'd like to talk about, which is something that actually came out a while ago, but I just now found out about it, and this honestly like changed my life. See, I do sound like an Apple cultist. You're you're right. Gosh, I need to rethink who I am. But this feature kind of came out with the iOS 14 update, which has it's been a while now since that came out. Um, but Apple is using their I don't even know how to describe this. It's honestly like to me, this was kind of like witchcraft. (laughs) Because basically what it is is there's a feature called um tap. Uh, back tap, I think is what it's called. And the way it works is you can go into your settings. It's under accessibility settings. And you can program these back taps to like do specific functions. But what it is, is you literally like when you're holding your phone, you know how you've got your like fingers on the back of your phone. Yes. You literally just tap the back of your phone with your fingers like a certain amount of times and it will trigger these functions. So there's not like... What? The back of your phone isn't like there's no buttons on the back of iPhones. There's no like touch sensors. There's nothing on the back. So I'm kind of assuming they're sensing this like with the microphones and with the accelerometer. Acceler- oh my goodness. Accelerometers. Um, so they're sensing your phone, you know, vibrating and they're sensing your phone like having those sound waves. Mm-hmm. And so that's that's kind of how I'm assuming they do it. But it actually works really well. Like it's. I haven't had any issues with it really. And you so can you're map using it to it? do Yeah, I'm using it. And it came out like months ago, but I just now found out about it. But mm. it's really nice for like for me at my house I have a bunch of um smart light bulbs. And so I mapped my back taps to have, you know, a two finger tap turns the lights on in my house and a three finger tap turns them off. Mm. And so before I would either have to ask Siri to do it or I'd have to ask Alexa to do it or I'd have to, you know, it's first world problem. I'd have to swipe down, go to my control center, and then I'd have to open my home, and then I'd have oh to turn off goodness. the lights. It was so hard. But now I can just be holding my phone. I can be watching Netflix, and I'm like, oh, it's too light in here. Tap three times on the back of my phone screen, 
and the lights just go out. And it honestly is like, it's such a simple thing, but they've done the work to like make sure you don't get accidental taps to make sure that you like it goes off when you want it to and not when you want when you don't want it to. Um, you can link it up to some like basic functions like, you know, locking your phone, turning the volume up, turning the volume down, calling a contact, texting a contact. But you can also link them up to Siri shortcuts. So anything that you could do in like a shortcut, which is a lot more than you used to be able to do, mm -hmm. you can do just by tapping. So you can have it like, you could theoretically assign this function to have it so where you double tap the back of your phone and theoretically you can have it turn off your lights, lock your front door, turn on your car, open your garage, turn on the lights at work and like give you a news brief or something like that <laughs> wow. all just because you're like tapping the back of your phone. So this is like a super cool feature. So if you have an iPhone and if you have iOS 14, check out the back tap. I think it's called back tap. It's under like your accessibility settings and you can program it or whatever. But I thought back was tap like, was one of those drinks that you got in that game. What's that game called? Uh, you know what I'm talking about? Like a video game? Yeah, the one where you drink it and you become faster or stronger. Or Oh, you're talking about Call of Duty Zombies? <laughs> yeah, isn't it called Back oh, Tap? Oh, no, that's uh, Double Tap. Oh, uh, what's yeah. the difference? But close, close. <laughs> okay. the, it is called Back Tap, so I was, I was not wrong. Okay. And it's under Accessibility, Touch, and then Back Tap. Hmm. So there you go, a little pro tip for you Apple people. Um, the other... Apple news and this isn't necessarily you know Apple specific kind of so I'm just kind of trying to make myself seem less of an Apple cultist <laughs> but um, Apple is launching tomorrow actually when this episode releases a new line of um, Mac computers that will have their own custom processing chips in them which basically it's kind of like the heart of the computer you know um, and they've, they've built their own chips for a while now in the iPhones and iPads and iPods and basically any of their like portable stuff, except for MacBooks have had custom chips in them. Um, but for, I, I want to say like 16 years, Apple's used Intel processors in their, um, computers. So in their iMacs and their MacBooks in their Mac pros. Um, you've always been able to get Intel chips and it's, it's kind of a big deal to switch processors and I won't get super in depth into like the technology behind it, but basically the languages that the processors run on are kind of, um, specific to the manufacturer. So by Apple changing it, it's completely changing how the programs for it have to be written, how the programs run on the computer, um, it changes like the efficiency and the power of the computer. And so Apple's done this once before. They switched from PowerPC, which is what they used when they started building computers, to Intel, you know, 16 years ago or whatever in the mm -hmm. mid-2000s. Um, and it was kind of a big deal because people who had PowerPC computers stopped being able to use new apps because people only developed them for Intel Macs. And it's not just like, oh, it's too old. It's like it physically doesn't work with the, the processor. Um, and so it's kind of a big deal because it could like obsolete, you know, Macs from the past 16 years. They could just stop working. And Apple's typically been pretty good about like if you buy a MacBook, it's going to last more than, you know, the two or three years a Windows computer might last. Um, 
So this is kind of a big deal, especially for people who just bought like, you know, spent $2,500 on a new MacBook yeah. top of the line now. And they say they're going to like support it for, you know, several years. But if they support it for three years and you just spent three grand on a laptop you expected to last you 10 years, that's kind of a bummer. Yeah, I feel like um, they need to commit to something like that. But what is that? What, what would that even mean? Yeah, I mean, I would guess they'd be more likely to commit to this now because it just gives them so much more control over the process. Whereas before, I know Apple had had some delays with shipping products before because Intel had hardware manufacturing issues and it's just easier for them, especially, I mean, they're like a monolithic company. So it's way easier for them to just manage every part of the design process, manufacturing. And they're, t- they're saying they should be able to get like 40% more efficiency out of these chips. They should have a lot more processing power, which I believe because the new chips in the new iPad Airs and the new iPhones um, for a lot of tasks like video rendering and photo editing are actually faster than like a $3,000 MacBook. Like the phone, the iPhone 12 can render a video out faster than a $3,000 MacBook can. So... Hmm. They're just, I think they've, they feel like they've gotten to the point where they're confident enough with their manufacturing skills and their ability to make it like compact, efficient, powerful, that they're just going to kind of kick Intel to the curb. And Intel's already had a lot of other kind of bad knocks this year as a company. Um, so short Intel, I guess, is what I'm saying. Yeah, I, I mean, I would hope that they could handle a change like that considering they already use their own processors for all the rest of their products. I mean, mm-hmm. that doesn't seem like the biggest change that they could possibly do if they already use their own processors for iPads and iPhones and whatever other products. Yeah. So I understand that typically computers do more processing power, but if they already have um, processors that can handle the kind of processing power that has typically been reserved for computers, then... What's I mean, I'm surprised they haven't done this already. Yeah, I mean, it's something that takes time to develop, I guess. And it's just something Apple has always been the type of people who want to. Maybe they might be slower to the market, but they want to do it right. They want to make sure that it's going to work for everyone, because a lot of people buy Apple products just because they're easy and because they work like mm-hmm. they don't want to have to deal with like getting it to work or setting up or anything like that. Um, so I think I think it'll be good. But the moral of the story is if you are about to buy a new Mac, don't do it yet. <laughs> <laughs> well, that is so, good advice. Yeah. Consumer advice. Do Wouldn't they know, you believe it? Do they know when approximately they, those new ones will come out? Um, the event to launch them is tomorrow morning at 10 a.m. Mountain Standard Time. So we'll find out. The, the guesses on the rumor mills were that there would be some of the computers, probably... Uh, an iMac and a MacBook Air coming out like this winter, this fall winter, hmm. and then the rest of them kind of rolling out over a two-year period. So we'll probably get something to see this year in 2020, and then everything else is going to roll out. They wanted to be finished. I think they said you know late 2021 or early 2022. They wanted to have all of their computers switched over. So I guess that's so, yeah. Seems I'm excited. Reasonable. It's, yeah, it's some big technology news, so I'm definitely going to be watching that event. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure you will be. <laughs> okay, well, that's that's the news for today. Got you some genuine <laughs> consumer advice and proved that I am an Apple cultist. Yeah, so it's, it's well uh, and truly proven now. 
<laughs> Maybe I should just take a break and not talk about Apple for a while. We'll see. Find out next time. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay. So today I want to talk about two things. Um, the first is more of a just kind of hanging out, talking, maybe inspiring some exploration or creativity or thought in your mind. Um, because I want to talk about, yeah, I want to talk about a hypothetical question of if you can build slash design slash whatever a new house, um, from the ground up and you are given the option to have five rooms in this house dedicated to just a hobby or a theme or a passion or something like that. What would they be? What would you do in them? How would they function? How would they be laid out? Hmm. So kind of building like, imagine this is the house that you're going to spend the rest of your life in and you want it to serve these five hobbies or passions or whatever so well that you never need to leave again. And obviously you're going to have your bedroom and kitchen and you know all the normal house stuff. But these are five extraneous hobby rooms. Um, so let's let's dive into that. Um, should I give you some time to think and start with my thoughts, or would you like to dive into it? Um. Well, I'll I'll first give you my initial reaction to that question. Okay. I, I'm a little um. That honestly, that question kind of scares me a little bit because you said, "Really, this is the house you'll be in forever. Commit to these five hobbies that are." in your okay. f- house eternally. What hobbies matter to you for the rest right. of your okay. life? So we won't go that in depth. This isn't like these are the five hobbies you can do, but this is the opportunity to like have the perfect space for these five hobbies. Mm-hmm. So you want to like, you want to make it the best it can be. You're not tied to it for life. Okay. We won't go that far. <laughs> okay. Um, well, I do have mm, some hobbies in my, in mind. I, I can think of what I've, would probably want to do to make them like to make rooms that would accentuate and enhance my experience with those hobbies, uh-huh. I guess. Um, but why don't you give me your first one? Give me your first okay. room yeah, while we I'm can, thinking. We can leapfrog off. Yeah. it's a good idea. Okay. So my first room and I picture when I picture my dream house, I've always pictured a three story house <laughs> because I thought, Modest. man, like I know. Well, I thought, some people have one-story houses, and that's cool. But some people have two-story houses, and that's even more cool. So when I was a kid, I was like, man, imagine if you had a three-story house. And then you could have, like, your ground floor, but then you could have your, like, second floor. But then you could have, like, the ultra-elite third floor where, like, that's where you sleep and no one else goes up there. And then you have two other floors to hang out with people on. So that was my thought. And then I realized, as an adult, the reason people don't have three-story residential houses is because it's usually against the building code. So my Boring. dreams were crushed, but um, my my imaginary dream house has three stories. And someday, if I own land in the middle of nowhere, maybe I'll just say screw the building code. I'm gonna build a three story house. But yeah. you didn't hear me say that. Um, <laughs> but I'm gonna start at the ground floor of my three story house. And in in this hypothetical house, <laughs> it's actually a four story house because there's a basement too. Okay. Um, this is great, but my my basement of my house is going to have a an underground garage that has like a big like slanted driveway going down into it and then it's like a nice garage underground um 
and I love cars and I love working on cars and like all things cars. So my first room would be a utilitarian as a garage, but also a hobby room because I picture it having like nice white acrylic floors that are easy to clean and you can spill oil on them and you just wipe it up and whatever. And then it's got like a lift so you can lift your car up and like do work on it without having to get down on your back on the floor, which is actually not dirty because it's a white acrylic floor. (laughs) And then I've got, you know, like cars over here and I've got cars over there and I've got like a big workbench on the wall with all my tools and it's well lit and I've got a speaker system and a TV so I can watch TV and listen to music while I'm working on cars and it's got a heater in it so I don't can do it in the winter. So that's, that's my first room. I think having a space that dedicated to working on cars like I love it already, but there are the annoying parts of like you're lying in the dirt and you're getting oil in your hair and it's dark and you bash your knuckles on a bar when the bolt breaks loose and just all these like not super fun things. Mm-hmm. So I feel like if I could have that space, it would just make it so much more fun and it would save me money for all of my other hobby rooms because I'm not having to take my car into the shop. So that's my first room. I'm kind of picturing that mechanic uh, kind of underground bunker type room in iron man basically yeah that's kind of what i want <laughs> it's very industrial but also futury uh-huh. and there's a lot of gizmos and gadgets and tools and stuff around but really the only thing you're lacking in your description is jarvis yeah i let's be realistic here my four-story house will not have fancy ai <laughs> <laughs> Oh, why not? You already control your lights with the back of your phone. It's true. With just a tap. Yeah. (laughs) Okay. Okay. Hit me with your first room. Um, Well, I'm going to start off obvious with a amazing home theater. And yes, this is I'm counting as a hobby, but I'm pretty sure everyone's hobby is watching TV slash movies. Yep. So... Obviously, this is in the basement so that you don't have to deal with light coming in and glaring on the screen or whatever. But it will have amazing reclining chairs with built-in cup holders and phone chargers and maybe even coolers. I don't know. It's the future. might as well. Yeah. They make them. In in my dream home, uh, money is no object. So Okay, okay. I I don't care about the cost of an AI or uh, whatever. <laughs> like if uh, if an AI could read my mind and say and tell me exactly what movie I'm in the mood for and that it would exist, I would put it in this movie theater because so it's like an IMDb AI. Yeah, isn't that always the problem though is you you don't yeah. know exactly what you're in the mood for? Totally. It I remember this is probably no one is going to relate to this, but there was an episode <laughs> of Jimmy Neutron where he oh. built a restaurant that scanned your tongue and gave you the exact perfect meal. I and do remember that. Actually. That was like the most brilliant thing I've ever heard of in my whole life. And so I'm picturing the same thing for movies. You like, I don't know, maybe fill out a quiz or it just scans your brain or something. And then it gives you the exact movie that you want to see that would satisfy whatever you wanted to see in that moment. And it's, it's got access to every movie in the whole wide world. Um, but it's all the chairs are perfectly comfy and amazing sound, um, surround sound. 
and maybe maybe 4D um, chairs or whatever. I don't yeah. know. I think those are kind of cheesy, but maybe in the future they'll be great. Yeah, they but could come a long way. Basically, just the top of the line in home theater uh, experience. Nice. Well, my second one was also going to be home theater. <laughs> so I'm just going to ditto yours to not waste anybody's time because basically what you said is exactly what I want. Yeah. Did I miss anything um, though? I mean, I've always wanted to have it like have a secret entrance. So it's like behind a bookshelf in the study mm. and you like pull a book or push the piano keys and then it opens and it's like this legit theater. So that would be the thing I would add to mine. But everything else you said sounds spot on. Like that's that's the dream really. Yeah. And who who doesn't love to just like sit down and watch a good movie, you know? Absolutely. I'd spend so, a lot of time um, in there. Yeah. I mean, maybe too much time. <laughs> Probably. <laughs> but that's okay. It's hypothetical. So that was my second one. I'll jump to my third one. Um, I think this is going to be on my second floor from the ground. So two stories up. But I would love to have a legit home studio for like audio recording and like uh, songwriting and music tracking and stuff like that. And it's super easy nowadays. And we're kind of evidence of this with our podcast. Like we spent, you know, dedicated to the podcast, we spent like $150 on equipment and everything else we kind of already had um, around. But most people can get like super professional, like spoken word or simple recording stuff for maybe like $2,000, like if you need to get a laptop and an audio interface and mics and stuff like that, which compared to the old days, like to get the quality you can get now was not That was like of. one day of recording. Yeah, no joke. So we've come a long way in that, but I would take it over the top because there's so many things that you can do to just elevate that. Like I'm building this house from the ground up, so I'm going to build like a false floor on top of the real floor to get acoustic insulation. Mm -hmm. And I'm going to like build double doors in to acoustically insulate the studio from the control room. And I'm going to have like a soundboard with monitors built into the wall. And I'm going to have, you know, one of those weird geometric ceilings that pokes down and then pokes back up and makes it so mm -hmm. the sound doesn't bounce off and, you know, all that good stuff. And I would love to just have a place where it's like so easy and you don't have the pain of like having to get out cables and mics and set up stands and plug everything in. Yeah but it's just like set up and like if creativity strikes when your friends are hanging out or when you're like sitting alone reading or whatever, then you can just like go and immediately record and it sounds like professional and good. So that would be my third room and I would just enjoy that. I love being in the studio and recording stuff. It's always a blast. So, Yeah. As you can imagine, I was also planning on having a room similar to that. Nice. Um, I, just for the sake of interest in this conversation... Uh, I think my room like that would be less focused on recording and more focused on live music. So it would have uh, a a grand piano, maybe a baby grand, I don't know, okay. and a bunch of real-life instruments that are set up and easily accessible and a drum kit and... Um, maybe even like risers so that you could have over larger groups of people and have like like a jazz band s session or something like that and facilitate different kinds of ensembles and groups and you could easily record them and create like a, a record of that but it's also mainly focused on 
the ease of facilitation of live music and record or uh, jamming out and just facilitating that as a method of fun and like a hobby with people rather than like creating albums for yeah the masses so i think it would probably have more more instruments and less technology than right. the room like a jam you, room right yeah um but i'll just come over to your house when it's time to yeah, really we can, record we can trade off that's the beauty of this right <laughs> <laughs> oh man so that's your second room then right uh yes okay so i'm on my fourth room now okay well then um, i'll do another one because i've only okay done two. go for it go for it hmm well obviously i would have a regular kitchen that has like regular stuff but i'm gonna right. say that i have a separate studio kitchen and it's got all the weird stuff so it's got um like a, a wood fire oven that can get up to a thousand degrees to cook pizzas in and it's got one of those ovens that can inject steam in to bake bread like they do in industrial kitchens and maybe it's got one of those super big um stirring pots so that you can make large batches of something maybe i want to get into catering and yeah then i can be equipped to do that or uh i have every weird kitchen gadget imaginable because every once in a while you have find a recipe and you're like oh that sounds fun to do but i don't have the whatever the that weird yeah. tool and so you just kind of give up on everything and it would also have a pantry with all the weird spices and ingredients and basically a kitchen that has no, that sets no limitations on you. So you just enter with an idea or an inspired creativity and anything that you could possibly need to execute that dream or that vision is in that kitchen and all the space and the tools and the ingredients required to make that happen. And I that just think that's awesome. Be, I know. I think it'd be really I cool. I would come eat at your house. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I wouldn't want that, that to be amazing. my actual kitchen because I think it would be huge and kind of look industrial just because of all of the things right. in it. You need like the easy to cook for yourself kitchen and then the like, I'm making art kitchen. <laughs> right. <laughs> like I'm about to make 50 pies kitchen. Yeah. Oh man, that sounds great. Yeah. I think that'd Can be really fun. Pie? Like now, is that an option? <laughs> <laughs> I just need a billion dollars. For a pie? I think you could get pie for like a dollar. Oh, to get pie right now. I thought you meant to get yeah. the, to ki the kitchen right now. Well, that'd be good, but pie is a good second. So, mm, I mean, you could probably get pie pretty soon. I think we both could get pie, but that's neither here anyway. nor there. Um, my fourth room... Um, kind of i picture this right next to the audio studio because it really does fit with the audio studio i would like to have a video studio that's like the epitome of vibiness and it's just like such a cool environment and you like look at it and immediately you're inspired because of how it's decorated and laid out and designed and you could you know have the double whammy where you've got your video and you can you know, take video and then you can take it over to the audio studio and you can edit the audio and you can make it sound professional and just fully produce whatever you want to produce. Whether it's like a vodcast, email us if you want a vodcast, <laughs> or, you know, a short film that you're making or just you talking and vlogging or, you know, whatever it is. It's just, 
it sounds so nice to have the ability to have a space that looks like amazing and is just set up and it's easy to kind of especially nowadays like so much of our lives now with covid and stuff is digital and we're all working from home and we're all like communicating through zoom and we're all marco poloing and just like that's kind of the world we live in nowadays so the ability to like put yourself above the crowd and produce like professional looking video and like have it be easy enough like if you could make it so that your video is as easy as sending someone a marco polo but looked as nice as like a youtube video like that someone has put wow. so much work into that's like the dream for me it's quite a so standard my yeah so that's that's my goal for my fourth room is to have an easy super fast amazing looking video studio so that i can just communicate to my best ability and that would be just for your communication i mean this isn't for you to start like a viral youtube channel or to start creating indie short films or something i mean i probably use it for other stuff and i'd love it to be a space that like anyone i know can use for whatever their projects are working on um but yeah i wouldn't necessarily have it for one project i mean i think communication is the thing i'd use it most for mm -hmm. but i would love to do like short films or youtube videos or vlogs or something in that aspect i mean recording a vodcast in a super sick studio sounds amazing <laughs> um so I think I just like with all of these things that I am putting in my hypothetical house, um, I would just love them to be something that all of my friends and family and whoever can kind of utilize to their own benefit as well. Um, I don't just want them, you know, for myself. I want them so that I can, you know, have good times with other people and kind of help other people with things they need or like work on projects together. Um, so I would say all of these rooms are the physical part, but at the heart of my house, I just want it to be. A good place for everyone to hang out, you know? Aw. Now know, we're getting so to sweet. it. Sappy. Okay, let's hear your next one. Um, I think I would want a room dedicated to running. I'm a, I'm a, a fan of running. That's one of my hobbies. I'm still kind of working out in my mind what that means. I think I've... Um, I've watched videos of people doing one of those treadmill analyzing things where they wear a, a like a VO2 output measuring mask and someone analyzes their stride and how efficient they are and gets tips and improves their stride. And that's what you do if you're a truly elite athlete. And I do not want to be a truly elite athlete. That sounds <laughs> terrible. Um, but I think having a space to organize and store all of that stuff and um, prep for and recover from a run, it really would just be like a glorified mud room. It's not very exciting. Right. But just to say this is something that's important to me and that I enjoy and... Um, I'm sure that I could look into and find ways to spend money on technology and extra shoes and gear and stuff like that. I I really want to get into trail running, which uh -huh. is kind of its own thing and I think would require some extra space and gear and training and and things like that. So maybe if I do that in this alternate universe with a perfect house and endless money, 
then I would need that space. But that's the, I mean, the beauty of running is that you don't need a whole room to store all right. that stuff. You just need shoes and a dream. Right. So it's, <laughs> it's kind of like me trying to answer your question without a, an answer. So, yeah. Okay. It's kind of a side track, but also maybe a suggestion for your hypothetical room. Have you seen those things where it's like a, it's a circular treadmill and no matter which way you run, like it's tracking you and the treadmill will move in the opposite direction. So mm-hmm. it keeps you like static. They have those now where they put you in like a domed room and project on the dome. And then they put you like as an avatar in like a video game world or whatever. And then it tracks you as you run. So the goal isn't necessarily to like do anything or like play a video game. The goal is just to like explore and like walk around this world. But like it's, you know, it's happening around you. You're seeing it all around you and you're on this treadmill. So that could be a cool thing for running. You know, it's like, oh, I really want to like, I like love Zelda and I like love playing Zelda and I just want to like put myself in the Zelda world and it's going to motivate me so much more to like be running and like see all of this stuff from this game I love like around me or like, oh, it's winter here and I've got, you know, seasonal affective disorder and I want to be on the beach. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to turn my running room into Maui on the beach. I'm just going to run next to the beach with like the sounds and the sights around you and you're just like running. Would that be something that would interest you? Hmm. That's a good question because I do hate treadmills, uh, but I hate them because you're just in one place and yeah. stuck staring They're at boring. the screen telling you how slow you're going. Uh huh. And you could be outside exploring the world, which is what I like most about running. Right. But if if I could upload if I were first of all, if I were into Zelda and second of all, if I could upload the actual world of Zelda and explore what I did explore earlier when I was playing Zelda by running around, that would be pretty Uh cool. I'd probably end up running a lot farther than I meant to. Right. Just like, Oh, there's that village that I went to earlier when I was playing and now I'm going to just run up there and explore it more. Or I'm thinking, like a Minecraft world that you build and then you upload uh-huh. it and you can explore it and run oh, around dude. in it. That would be pretty yeah. cool. That would be sick. Yeah. I didn't even think of that. So I think if that is a thing that could exist, that would be pretty cool. And being able to explore mm, famous cities that way or uh, landmarks or just running places that you would never be able to run otherwise. Uh-huh. Yeah, sounds in a much legit. more um, immersive environment than a little screen in front of your treadmill. Yeah. Cool. So, well, yeah. I would, I would come run in your room. That sounds pretty fun. <laughs> you would run. I know. Well, give me enough motivation, and I'll okay. do anything. <laughs> you can run in Minecraft. Yeah. Right. <laughs> okay. Um, okay. So that was four, right? We both did four. Mm-hmm. So this is our last room. Okay, my last room, and I think my favorite room of my hypothetical house is I just want like a, a the ultimate like living slash family slash dining room, just like an entertaining room, if you will. Um, I just love the idea of like having a dedicated space that's like big and nice and has room for however many people I want to have over, um, but just kind of 
with the heart of all of the other rooms being like, I want to help other people with their projects and I want to like do stuff with my friends and family. And like, I don't want it to be about me and my hobbies necessarily, but I want my house to be about like my hobbies and how I can help other people like with things that they're also interested in. So I think that all kind of culminates in this like amazing room with, you know, big couches everywhere and it's like comfortable and there's a fireplace and it's lit really well and there's a big table and there's like great food from your kitchen that you cooked <laughs> and brought over to my house and like just just a space that's like so nice to hang out in that just feels homey to whoever comes there and it's going to be big and we'll have like you know just just a nice entertaining room i think that's kind of the the culmination of my house and that would be like the the crown jewel if you will on the third yeah. floor <laughs> with a panoramic balcony and an infinity pool dripping over oh. the edge. Wait, that's, that's so you're going to let thinking. people onto your third floor? I will because I love my friends and my family. <laughs> and Wow. And the house is not just for me. This amazing, unique house has to be a gift to everyone who I know. So, There's some true character development happening in this podcast. Wow. This is amazing. This is great. <laughs> well, I still need to figure out the layout of my house. Um, uh-huh. But I think my final room is going to be, it's going to have a similar spirit, um, but it's going to be part library as well. So I'm picturing... Ooh, that's, that's good. Yeah, I'm picturing those built-in bookshelves that are basically the walls. Like you don't see the walls uh-huh. because they are bookshelves. Yeah. yeah. And maybe two stories tall, you have to climb those ladders that can roll around. Oh man, this is like the dream. Yeah, and there's comfy chairs everywhere and it could maybe have like a smoking room vibe. Um, And it's basically a lounge. There's no screens, there's no TVs. um, And it's kind of a library, but it's also just a, 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 a congregating space. And this is where we would have like game night and we would get together and discuss important things in the world and in our lives and it would kind of be the focal point of everything else that's happening and and we would you know have after dinner coffee and desserts in this in this space but i'm picturing the the design and part of the function being a vast library that's awesome. Yeah. I would love that. That sounds amazing. Yeah, I think that'd be pretty cool. I love both of our houses. We just need to figure out a way to, I guess, first get super rich and then second, build them. Easy, just two steps. Yeah. Well, I think we could find the space, like the land, if we just yeah. have the money. It's kind of like that, like, how do you draw an owl? Well, first you draw an oval and then you draw two eyes and then you draw the rest of the owl. <laughs> yeah. That's all you have to do. Like step one make a plan step two find land step three (laughs) do it (laughs) yeah step one earn five dollars step two earn a a billion more (laughs) (laughs) it's so easy anyone can do it yeah well maybe our podcast will someday provide enough money for us to build our houses (laughs) and then anyone who subscribes to our podcast can come visit us Maybe. Maybe. Subscribe to our podcast. I don't think anyone has ever made that much money off of a podcast. No, I doubt it. I don't know if anyone's ever made that much money off of any like form of easily accessible entertainment. 
because there's be a big surprised. difference between there's a big difference between like a YouTube celebrity and like a movie star celebrity, like in terms of pay. Because sure, YouTube people make they can make a lot of money, but people like Johnny Depp or Leonardo DiCaprio make like millions of dollars for one movie, and I'm pretty sure YouTubers don't make millions of dollars. <laughs> I, I don't know. I'm not sure. I think Mr. Beast makes millions of dollars. I mean, he he, he reinvests okay, yeah. he, it. He, he probably uses does. it in other That's ways. True. I don't yeah. think he takes home millions of dollars, but I'm pretty sure he his channel takes in millions of dollars. It has the revenue in yes. the millions of dollars. It'll be. I mean, it'll be interesting to see. Maybe we should have an episode where we like do a deep dive into some of the biggest YouTubers and kind of look at their lives. That could be interesting, or it could be really boring. We'll do a little research and decide. Yeah, we won't do it if it's boring. So you'll know if we don't do it. <laughs> if we don't do it, it was boring. <laughs> then YouTubers' lives, YouTubers' financial lives are boring, and you already know. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's that's our that's our dream houses. Um, mm-hmm. If you were inspired by that, and you want to tell us your five dream rooms in your dream house, or if it stirred up anything else, let us know. You can email us mm-hmm. at I heard it on a podcast at gmail.com. But we have one more thing to talk about before we finish this episode. And it's a unique phenomenon. Some of you may be aware of. Some of you may not be aware of. Um, but this phenomenon is called the Mandela Effect. And basically the premise behind the Mandela Effect is there are people who think that Nelson Mandela... Um, died while he was in prison and they like they swear it they're like no I like remember what I was doing when I found out and he like died in prison and which was when do you know off the top of your head um when people think he died yeah like when was he in prison I mean he's been in prison for a long time let me see what it says um so people think that he it just said people think he died in prison years before he actually passed okay um and they remember like this says people remember like his funeral being on tv and they remember like it being a big deal and like so there's like legit memories behind this it's not just like oh i didn't like remember that or whatever it's like they have this picture in their mind um and the the kind of premise behind it is some people for whatever reason some groups of people have these these memories that like they share with other people it's not like just them Tons of other people share these memories, but they like have never been true. Like they're not factual at all. Nothing's ever hinted at these. Um, so it's a really interesting thing that like if one person misremembers something, that's fine. But a lot of these are like large swaths of people misremembering something mm-hmm. the exact same way together. So I've got a list here of several different Mandela effect. Mm, I don't know scenarios, I guess. Um, and we're just gonna kind of bust through them, and we're gonna see if any of them. You know, if we if are we victim are to any of these, or maybe if any of you listening are susceptible to any of these, maybe we can shed some light on the truth. So, um, obviously, the biggest one is the Mandela effect. I don't, I mean, I wasn't super like old enough or aware enough to think about that. Um, yeah. So, I don't think that one affects me really at all. Does it affect you? Mm, no. Okay. We'll move on then. Okay. So, did you ever watch or read or listen to Curious George as a yeah, child? Yeah. You did? Yeah, I read the books. Okay. Um, 
when you picture Curious George in your mind, does he have a tail? No. Okay, you are correct. Curious George doesn't have a tail. But there was a Mandela effect scenario where people distinctly remember him remember ha- him having a tail um to the point where they like could draw pictures of it like from memory they'd be like oh draw curious george and some people just draw him with a tail automatically or whatever and i actually this one affects me i distinctly remember him having a tail like i remember watching an episode where he was like the man in the yellow hat had a banana and curious george like was hanging from his tail like on a tree like reaching for the banana like i remember that i remember seeing that but he's never like been animated or drawn or illustrated with a tail. Well, it just so makes sense. Monkeys have tails. Right. But like, it's crazy because it's one of those things where, yes, I could remember him with a tail, but like when you start remembering like specific scenes from shows, it's like how, what happened? Like, did, that, did I just dream that? Did I make that up? Like, <laughs> did that not happen? Like, yeah. So that's one that was interesting to me was Curious George does not have a tail, but I thought he did. Um, okay, another kind of cartoon animated one. Did you ever read the books, uh, The Berenstain Bears? Yeah. I've you heard did? of this okay. one. I, I also did too. This is probably one of the bigger ones. Yeah. Um, it's kind of the one that gets most people interested in this uh, effect, I think. And the the Mandela effect is that the Berenstain Bears... Uh, Te- like in in reality, it's spelled um, B E R E N S T E I N, which, if you're like me, me reading those letters means nothing. But basically, um, some people think it was spelled with an E as opposed to an A. So A I N versus E I N, and this one affects me too. Like I can remember on the front of the books in that font, you know, the like super distinctive font. I remember it being spelled E I N and not A I N. Um, and it kind of tripped me up because I was like, what is a Berenstain bear like with an A? That's just, that's weird. But that's it how it's pronounced, right? Th- that, that's how it's pronounced. That's how it's spelled. Um, I always just thought it was Baron like Steen with an E. So did that one affect you growing up or yeah. did you know it was Berenstain? No, I I will still probably tell you that it's Berenstain because yeah. most last names that have something like Steen or Stain are Steen. I don't I don't think I know anyone who's like Goldstein as their last name. Yeah. It's all Goldstein. Yeah. So, I mean, it just kind of this was the one that when I first started reading about this, you know, however long ago it was, this was the one that was like this is not true. Like the rest of the world is crazy. Yeah. I'm not crazy, you're crazy. I'm yeah. not crazy, you're crazy. Because that one just like it was part of my childhood. I love those like they mm-hmm. had TV shows, they had the books, like Yeah. It They're was big. kind of I knew about them. So, okay, um, another one is um, on the game of Monopoly, you've got, you know, Uncle Pennybags, I think is his official name, but the Monopoly man, and he's got his mustache, and he's got a cane, and he's got a top hat, and he's got a monocle, or does he? (laughs) Does the Monopoly man have a monocle? No, he doesn't. You are correct. He I, does not. I play enough Monopoly to know that he doesn't. This one legitimately, like, I Googled it, like, a bunch of other places. I was like, there's no way this is one of them because he has a monocle. Like, I remember walking through Barnes & Noble one day, and the cover of Monopoly was there, 
and he had his cane over here and he's wearing his top hat and he was like swinging his monocle around his finger i was like this has to be like i remember this nope it doesn't exist i don't know <laughs> what the heck like it just doesn't exist so so far i'm you know oh for three at being right yeah. about these <laughs> you're very mandela able apparently okay um i'm gonna scroll through a couple of these some of these are a lot older like there's one um about the flintstones where some people think well okay i'll ask you how do you spell flintstones f-l-i-n-s-t-o-n-e-s ahaha no because it's flint stones <laughs> really there's a second t so this one got me too i always thought it was the flintstones like f-l-i-n-s-t-o-n-e-s but flint it's stones. flint like Meet the stone the flint stones yeah so that one like this one i don't know if i'm gonna say it's the mandela effect or just not enunciating enough when you're talking about it uh-huh but that one got me i thought it was the flintstones i mean that so. makes more sense flint is a like a thing and yeah a rock yeah 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 so okay um another one is you know like bugs bunny daffy duck i'm familiar pig the looney tunes um if you were to have to spell tunes looney tunes how would you spell that t Well, I feel like I'm taking the font, a test. Like above the yeah, I'm trying to Hopefully picture you're playing the font. Along at home. T o o n e s. No. Really? It's T u n e s, like music. Really? That one got me too. I was like, "There's no way." It's like cartoons, like the Looney Tunes. Yeah, and but Looney no. is spelled L o o n e y, yeah. right? Uh huh. Nope. And I, this is one that I'm like, I even thought of the font, and I was like, it's. T O O. I like. I remember it. Yeah. But no, we were lied to. Wow. Our brains. It's T U N E S. That makes no sense. They don't sing or play songs or anything. I think they did more when it was like named that, and it got less. Like when you and I were watching it, it was less of that. Mm. But you know, back when, because it used to be, oh, it used to be called like Magic Melodies or Musical Melody, something Melodies, um, before it was called Looney Tunes. Um, and actually fun fact, a lot of those episodes before it was Looney Tunes, um, are not, you're not able to watch them. They've been purged from the internet because of how culturally insensitive they are nowadays because they're Hmm. racist and sexist and bigoted apparently. So there are like several, like 10 or 15 of these episodes that have been purged like from the internet and no one will show them because they're culturally insensitive. That is a fun fact. Okay, um, there's a lot of these, but one of the bigger ones, and we might stop here because we've been talking about this for a while, but um, I don't know if you're into Star Wars much. We haven't ever talked about it, but would you consider yourself at least versed in Star Wars? Uh, No. (laughs) Okay, well, have you heard this quote? Luke, I am your father. (laughs) Yeah, I've heard that quote. You don't have You've to be versed okay. in Star Wars to have heard that quote. That quote is a lie. Darth Vader never said, Luke, I'm your father. Darth Vader said, no, I am your father. But people remember it like this one got me. Even like every time I watch it, I'm like, wait, he said no? Because what does Luke say? everyone says, Luke, I'm your father. I don't know. He like screams and gets his hand cut off and falls down a vent or something. Well, like he must that. be answering a question if he says, no, comma, I am your father. <laughs> 
Okay, I'll look it up. Okay. I'll find the transcript. I mean, that makes sense, but it's more quotable, especially to your friends named Luke. If it's Luke, I am your father. I mean, that's really the only reason to ever name your child Luke, in my opinion. Right. Okay. So, <laughs> sorry to all the Lukes out there. <laughs> so this says that Darth Vader says, Obi-Wan never told you what happened to your father. And then Luke says, he told me enough. He told me you killed him. And then Darth Vader says, no, I am your father. Oh. So in context, it, I mean, kind of makes sense both ways, but everyone quotes it as Luke, I'm your father. There's like t-shirts that say this on it. Like there's yeah. merch that says this on it. <laughs> and no, it's no, I'm your father. So hmm. that's, yeah, there's just, I think every one of these that relates to me that I've like had interaction with like there's some of them that obviously i don't fall into because i have no idea what it is but everyone that i do know what it is i think i've fallen trapped to the mandela effect so wow it's weird that it's a serious thing yeah so if if you know of any other mandela effects or if any of those resonated with you if your mind is blown or you feel betrayed by your childhood let us know we're here for you (laughs) yeah you can let us know Okay, well, I think that's probably about it for us today. So we've got a great show for you on Wednesday. Make sure you check back mm-hmm. in with us. Tune but in. Riley, why don't you take us out? All right. Thank you, everyone, for listening to I Heard It on a Podcast. We've got new episodes every Monday and Wednesday, and you can find those wherever you get podcasts. If you like what you heard and you know someone else who would too, send this their way and let them know what you think of it. As always, you can reach us at ihearditonapodcast at gmail.com. Okay, so there's a couple more Mandela effects. Um, Like, for example, in Snow White, which obviously is our favorite movie. People think the queen said, mirror, mirror on the wall, who is the fairest of them all? But she actually said, magic mirror on the wall, who is the fairest? I feel like I've heard that one before.